Genesis. Genesis, we're going to start in verse 30. I don't have a specific portion of Scripture that we're, we're going to go to this evening. However, there is going to be a number of Scriptures read, okay? So don't worry about that. We're not going to put the Bible away and just, uh, I'm not going to say a few words here. Uh, the, the Bible is going to be at the center of this message. Uh, the Word of God's got to be the key here. And I'm looking forward to this message. Um, going to deal with and talk about the life of Joseph, and uh, someone I'm sure that you're extremely familiar with, 
the story of Joseph. Uh, you've heard it probably a million times over again, and that's okay because we can certainly, every time going through the Word of God, learn something. No matter how many times you go through the book of Genesis, no matter how many times you go through the book of Matthew, uh, the book of Psalms, the book of Proverbs, it doesn't matter. You can always learn something. Uh, God is uh, willing and able, uh, if we're willing and able, to listen to what He has to say. Um, Before I jump into things, I'm just going to open up with a word of prayer and we'll get started this evening. Father, we come to You and we thank You just for how good You are to us. Uh, Lord, uh, help us tonight to get everything that we can out out of Your Word. Lord, I ask that uh, right now you remove me from where I stand, uh, that it not be anything that I say or do that would hinder someone from getting exactly what you need them to get, exactly what you need me to get out of this preaching, out of, out of your word tonight. Uh, Lord, please show up and do something mighty, something great, something only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Um, I want to talk about... This main title, this being the subject, I suppose, of this message, Whore or Harmony, The Road to Eternal Blessings. I want to talk about that tonight. And uh, I'm gonna, I've got, I had to think of a whole bunch of points this evening because I only preached for about 20 minutes last time on last Sunday. Uh, so I've got to make up for that. So um, those of you that were in the nursery that night... Um, that was a good day for you. Uh, whoever's in the nursery tonight, actually, I know my wife's in the nursery tonight, so she is doomed. So hopefully it won't be too bad. Uh, we're going to move quickly, but I do have a couple of extra points, I guess, comparatively speaking, uh, from last time I preached. Uh, quite a few points here, and I'll explain exactly how it's going to work. If you have or you're planning on taking any notes, you're going to write down these letters, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all right? We're not going to learn the alphabet tonight, but, but if you're familiar at all with, with music, um, that's running right on through those notes on that piano, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then it just so happens to start back over again. It doesn't continue, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and continues all the way through, all the way down that piano. And uh, so those, I'm not going to continue on over and over again, but we are going to make our way all the way to G, okay? So you do the math and see how many points that is. And there you go. We're going to start with A, but I do want to, I want to I make a few points here in regards to music uh, and, and how the piano can sound and the different notes that we use, the different chords involved. Um, You can make a song sound very happy and upbeat. You can make it sound very sad. It depends on the chords that you play, the way that you play it. It does make a difference. Okay, so guys, I'm going to head on over to the piano. Hopefully the the speaker doesn't go ballistic on me, doesn't get all upset because I'm over here. All right. Um, I'm just going to play a few things here to just say, and I am in the key of C. All right. Nice C chord. Oh, it's very nice. And in this key, there's a number of different sounds that we can get out of uh, this scale here. A, or starting in C because we're in the key of C, all the way up. And if if you've taken any piano at all, then you've probably done your scales. Or if you're taking piano, you 
you do your scales, and that's not the fun part in piano. That's horrible, but you do it anyway because your teacher makes you. All right? And all the way back down. There's a C chord. There's a few major chords in this key. There's F, there's G, and back to C. And uh, with those three chords, you can probably play about 90% of the songs in our hymnals, uh, if you really want to. All right? There's other, there's other um, chords in this key you'll find that don't sound the same. And these are minor chords. I was, uh, we were talking, or actually, no, there was a game going on, and the girls were beating the boys in rally time, in the competition. So I started playing something a bit different. sad because the girls were winning and that's just we don't want the girls to win the boys have to win major chord there sounds good but as I go throughout um, this scale in this key I can have a number of different sounds just making it up in this key and and some can sound a bit eerie some very nice and pleasant there's a number of different sounds and and as we go through the life of Joseph he has a number of ups and downs and uh, some parts to his life that were very smooth and nice and Amazing, wonderful, wow, that, that is great. Way to go, Joseph. And then there was times where it was not so great. That eerie sound that we get there. Uh, horror or harmony, the road to eternal blessings. A, right on through here, we want to go all the way down through A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A. We find Joseph was an answer to prayer. Joseph was an answer to to prayer. Um, as we see and know with Jacob, name changed to Israel, has a number of sons. And these sons become the, the 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, Rachel, his, his wife, uh, begins to pray because she, she has yet to have a child. All of these babies being born, and she has yet to bear her own. And very upset, very disappointed, willing to go to great lengths to ensure that she has a child. But she begins to pray. And we see in Genesis chapter 30 and verse 22, And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son, and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. We see here in Genesis 30, verse 22 down through verse 24, we see Joseph here an answer to prayer. Uh, God ordained this, this boy, Joseph, is exactly what God wanted. Uh, this was God's decision. God okayed this. Joseph was supposed to happen. And just as we look down through his life and, and we look at our lives, your life specifically today, God 
has a specific plan for you in your, in your life just as he did for Joseph. No difference. He has a specific plan and he has given you specific abilities, specific skills to carry out God's perfect plan. And if we are anywhere but in God's will, we will not be able to carry out the plan that God has for each and every one of us as individuals. My plan, or God's plan for my life, is probably, most likely, much different than it is for you and what God has for you and what He has called you to do. But I must make sure that I am right where God wants me to be at all times so that I can carry out that plan to perfection. Not in what I do and what I can say and the thing in my own abilities, but in using those key ingredients that God has has placed in my life to get exactly what will bring him the most honor and glory. Not not so that I can get a pat on the back, not so that I can be praised, but God has given me this skill, this ability to bring him honor and glory. Just as he has given Joseph some unique skills, even as he gave him some insights through, through dreams and visions, when, when others laughed and made fun of him, he was heading in the direction God wanted him to go. An answer to prayer. Too often, we do not genuinely value the traits and the abilities that God has given us. I think about, it's coming time. It's getting about that time. It's, it's almost Christmas. Here it comes. The holidays are here. And, and moms and dads, brothers and sisters, they're going out at this point in time, hopefully, unless, unless you're like me and you're going to wait till the day before Christmas to buy all the Christmas presents. Most of us are probably like that. I say every single year, I'm not going to do it, but I do it anyway. It's so frustrating. I get so mad at myself. One year, one year, I'm going to be on top of things for Christmas. I know it's going to happen. And it's going to be this year. I'm sure of it. We're going to go out and we're going to go look for that perfect Christmas present. The one that's going to make that special person in our life the most happy or as happy as they've ever been in the history of their life. Maybe it's a little child that you're shopping for. Maybe it's a wife. Maybe it's a mom or dad. You're searching for the perfect Christmas present. And this, this, this specific example normally takes place with a little child. You're looking for that present that is going to make that child just go ballistic, go crazy. Yes! They're opening that present and that's exactly what they wanted. You're going to see the smile on their face. Yeah! Ah. And... And what do they do? They tear it open. Wow! They throw out what's inside and they pick up the box. Look, a box, Mommy! I just spent all that money, all that time, and all he cares about is the box. That's happened before. I've seen it happen before. I've never done that, but it's happened before. They do not truly value the gift that is inside. I think back to last year, just one year ago, I, uh, uh, well, Sarah bought me a jacket, and it was a nice jacket. I needed a, I needed a jacket for that time of the year, like right about where we're at, where it's, it's not freezing cold, but it's starting to get a little chilly, and you don't want to wear a big winter jacket, and you're hot, you want to take it off, you, it's, 
all or nothing. No, nice in-between jacket, and she got it for me. So what did I do? I wore it to the carousel and destroyed it. She was, that's, that's not what she said, actually. She was very, very upset. She didn't go, oh, wow, Josh, really? No, she was a little upset. And, and so we, got, we tried it again this year. We tried it again this year, and I know that I'm going to do much better. All right? I'm going, I'm working at it. I haven't, that, I'm sorry, that jacket didn't make it onto the campus, the, the carousel campus one time. But she was wearing it, and believe me, I ripped her to pieces. No, we are not. That does, that thing does not go inside. No, it was. I did not value that jacket. I did not. I I didn't care. I took it. In, we were right in the middle of demo, destroying things, and and along with everything that was destroyed, my jacket was one of those things. Not so smart. Not very clever. Not a good idea. But hopefully, I've learned from my mistakes. Hopefully, yes. God has given you a very unique set of skills. Something just for you. Do you value those? And, and it's, it's not enough just to say, yes, I value these things in my life, whatever they are, whatever they are, whatever they are in your specific life, in your individual life. But are you using them for God's good and for His glory? That voice that He has given you, the dashing good looks. Is that what they're for right there? Is that what those good looks are all about? So that I can take 5,000 pictures of them and throw them on social media and see how many likes I can get? Is that what it's all about? Is that? I guess that would be the definition of what we're using, those unique, unique skills, unique, what's the word I'm looking for? Talents, that'd be a good one. Something else. Attributes that God has given to you specifically, or are they all going to waste? Because it's all about me. It's all about mine. It's all about a pat on the back. An answer to prayer. A, an answer to prayer. B, we see in Genesis 37, verse 3, he was beloved by his father. Beloved by his father. In verse 3 of chapter 37, it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. I think it's very interesting, through his love, or to demonstrate his love to Joseph, he gave him a gift. I can think of someone who gave us a gift to demonstrate an amazing love. A gift of eternal life. Yes, amen. What are we doing with that gift that Jesus or that God, our Heavenly Father, gave to us? A gift. Coat of many colors. I don't think we can truly comprehend the love that God shows us. We can truly understand how much God loves. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Oh, I've seen... We can reason with ourselves, kind of, kind of mess with our minds, and think to ourselves. You know, I've I've seen throughout history, as I've read books and watched movies, there have been men and women who have given up their lives to save or protect others. 
amazing acts, even as we think of this day, all the men and women who have sacrificed, who have given or been willing to give up their lives to protect the freedom that we have today. An amazing thing, something we should be extremely thankful for. We should be extremely grateful. But to think about what God did for us. And we could say, well, would you be willing to give of your only begotten son, Josh, to save the rest of the world? And, and I still think that that does not reach the level that is spoken in God's word. Of me to give my only begotten son, my only son, if I were to have one boy, and that was it, that's all God gave me, and I gave him to save all of you, that would still not compare to the love that God has for us. It would not. I think of it this way, and this, this probably won't do any good, but I think of it this way, me and that little boy, you and your little boy, you want to take up a hobby with one another. And so what do you do? Obviously, this is a great idea. You take up this, this hobby as of, you, you say, uh, we're going to start an ant farm, okay? You and your son, you're going to have an ant farm. You're going to feed it. You're going to take care of it. You're going to watch it grow. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be wonderful. Just me and my son together, something that we do, something that we have in common, it's going to be great. You guys fall in love with this ant farm. You want to take care of it. Uh, you, you don't forget about it. You take it with you wherever you go. If you're going on vacation, you're afraid to leave it with someone because you don't think they're going to care for them just like you care for them. You love this ant farm and all the little ants inside. You take this ant farm on vacation with you and you and your family are having a blast, but it goes everywhere you go. On this specific vacation, you're going on a cruise and something terrible happens. On this massive ship, there springs a leak. And this ship is going down. This ship, huge ship, hundreds of people on this ship, it's going down in the middle of the ocean. You have a lot to think about as your family is in danger. Dad, husband, you've got some decisions to make. You've got your little boy there and you don't have much time to think. You've got your ant farm here that you've taken up over the last couple of months, and you say, I've got to protect this ant farm. And you allow everything that is near and dear, dear to you to fall away, to slip away into the ocean, gone forever. But you saved those little ants. That sounds crazy. That's, are you kidding me? Can you imagine giving up your entire family for a few ants? Does that even make sense? Does that even register? No, it doesn't. But just on a much larger scale, as God looks down from heaven, perfect, holy, the creator of all, when they stabbed him in the back, when they went their own way, God destroyed them with a flood, and here they are again in sin. No way of reaching heaven unless He send His only begotten Son. That's how much Jesus, that's how much our Heavenly Father God loves you today. 
That's how much He cares for you. That's how much He cares for me. We must not, we cannot take that love for granted. An answer to prayer. Beloved by His Father. So far, so good. So far, so good. Then C, condemned by His brothers. Condemned by His brothers. Genesis 37, 4 uh, and 5, just a couple of verses down. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed, dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Hated by his brothers, those that are closest to him. Those that should love him the most hate his guts. You know, as God has created you, where God has put you today, and the love that he has bestowed upon you, and as the world watches this, and sadly enough, maybe even Christian brothers and sisters, we can get to the point where we can envy someone else where we can almost get to the point where we hate that person sitting next to us. We're jealous of the relationship with God that they have. We're jealous of the family that they were raised and we did not have the ability to be raised in this type of family. We're je- we cannot allow ourselves to get, the, get to that point. But you must know and understand, you must realize, we all must realize that with this relationship with God, and if it is where it's supposed to be, there's going to be people that try to shut it down. There's going to be people that try to hurt us, that try to ruin and destroy that in which we have in God, in and through God. Condemned by His brethren. D. Delivered into slavery. It started off pretty good. Joseph, his life was going pretty good. He had it, it was okay. But it's starting to go downward just a bit. His brothers hate him. So much so now that he, is, he has been delivered into slavery. What has Joseph done to deserve this? Nothing. Has anything ever been done to you before that you did not deserve? Something happened to you that you did not... Is that a happy feeling? Is that a good time in your life? No. No. But thankfully, we see in this story, it does not keep Joseph down. Because we keep moving right along, moving quickly here. He was condemned by his brothers, delivered into slavery. But next, and I like this part, let's go to Genesis 39. Genesis 39, 1 through verse 4. It says in Genesis chapter 39... Starting in verse 1, all the way down through verse 4, it says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph and was prosperous, a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hands. 
He was condemned by his brothers. He was delivered into slavery. Yet he excels in his new and unexpected life. You know, in each and every one of our lives, there's going to come unexpected turns, ups and downs. But what are we going to do with us, those unexpected turns? Are we done? Are we going to quit? Are we going to give up? I can't do this. Or like Joseph, roll with the punches, making sure that God is at the center of his life and knowing that God will provide, that God will meet the needs. I don't care how good it's going. I don't care how bad it's going. God will take care of me. We find that he's not just doing okay. He's excelling right where God has him. He didn't expect to be a slave. He didn't want to be a slave, but he's excelling right where God has him. Where does God have you today? Are you excelling where you're at right now? Are you prosperous? Right? I'm not talking about finances. I'm not talking about possessions. Are you prosperous right here, right now, where God has you? You should be. If God is at the center of your life. And I'm preaching to myself right now. As I go through this portion of Scripture, as I walk through the life of Joseph, and as we, we know the end result. We know where it's going to end up. And we forget about all the little things in between. We forget that while Joseph was in this place, he didn't know the end of the story. He didn't know what was going to come. Yet he stayed faithful, was obedient. Amen. Exactly where God had him. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. I don't know what's coming next week. But am I going to remain faithful and obedient right here where God has me? If I'm going to be prosperous, if I'm going to be spiritually successful, I must be faithful and obedient right here, right now. No matter how good it is, no matter how bad it is, faithful and obedient. What an example Joseph has set forth, set before us today. Are you content today with living a mediocre Christian life? Right here, just, just doing what you got to do, what, what we have to do. I, wanna, I want people to think I'm spiritual, so I'm going to read my Bible every once in a while. I'm going to go soul winning every once in a while. I'm going to be at church faithfully. I'm okay with being a mediocre Christian. I don't think Joseph was okay with being a mediocre Christian. He wanted to excel because where he was right then and there was how people were going to view his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What you do at work, what, how you act at home is how people are going to view your God. Just as I, as I go throughout life and I have a last name, just as you have a last name, Mine happens to be O'Donnell. And the way that I act out in the workforce, the, the, the way that I present myself in this world is how people are not going to just view me, they're going to view that name, O'Donnell. It, when I mess up, when I fail, when I choose not to be faithful and obedient, when I choose to do my own thing and show up late at work, and when I choose to be unfaithful, when I choose to be unworthy at wherever I'm at, wherever God has me, that filters down through to my entire family. Everyone is, is affected by my deeds. Everyone is affected by what you say and by what you do. 
And when you mess up at work, at home, God is the one that's getting the smack in the face. We must understand, we must realize the decisions that we make do not just affect me and mine, all those around me. Let's jump right to F. Flees fornication. He's in, he's in slavery, but he's doing okay. Now he's found himself in a very difficult situation. And, and I like this point, an extremely powerful point, in that Joseph is no better than you and me. But he did not allow himself to be put in a position where he could ultimately fall, ultimately fail. He, he ran. He got out of there. He found himself in a very awkward situation. He took off. He didn't stick around, feel out the situation. I know what's best. I know what I can handle. He's gone. He's not messing around with that. We run and run and run from that sin. We're running and running and we're running and we're running from sin. I'm fleeing fornication and we stop and it's right there with us. I'm running. I'm running. I stop and it's still right there with me. The things that we allow into our life. As we fail to put up the proper guardrails. And we wonder, how did this happen? It was right there with us all the time. Sure, sure I can use this phone for good. It can help me at work. It can help me when I'm at home. Making millions of dollars selling things on eBay. Yeah! I just made a few sales today, so I'm feeling pretty good. But there's a, there's a lot of trouble right here. Yes, sir. This thing right here can destroy my life. It can destroy your life. Maybe it's not a cell phone that's got you today, but what is it? Flee fornication. Gone. Get out of there. Don't mess around with that sin. And again, another perfect example. He takes off running and he doesn't look back. Don't look back today. Just go. Get out of here. Stay away from that sin. Whatever it is that the devil's trying to get you, he's trying to catch you. Flee fornication. Wow, what an amazing spiritual victory Joseph has just had. Wow, he's a great person. God is going to reward Joseph. So he goes straight to prison. Oh. Man, are you kidding me? This guy just can't get ahead. He can't win. He's such a good guy, he doesn't deserve this. Still, he remained faithful. Still, he was obedient to exactly what God had for him. Because God had some big plans in store for Joseph. He didn't know what they were yet. He couldn't see. He didn't have this Bible. Oh, wow, if I just stay faithful here for a few more years in prison... Second in command. He didn't know that. He did not know that. But he remained faithful and obedient all the time. Goes to prison. Wow. He didn't deserve it. Must have been disappointing. Must have been discouraging. But he stayed faithful. Where are you at today? As we draw this thing down to a close... Where are you at today? 
I, I think of a couple examples. I think of a man by the name of Job, who, like Joseph, had a number of difficulties along the way. Had a number of chances or opportunity, opportunities to turn his back on God or, or to get upset or angry with God and what God had allowed into his life. Yet, he remained faithful and, and steadfast to the call, to exactly what God had for him. There were some good times, there were some bad times. I think of, I think of a man by the name of Paul, who, man, when he started out, he was a very mean and nasty guy. God could never use a guy like Paul. <laughs> or could he? Actually, he did. And he became the best missionary of all times. I don't care where you're at today, where you've been, how difficult things have gotten, or how they used to be, or what you did back then. God can use you today. God wants to use you today. But we beat ourselves down. We hold ourselves back. We say, God couldn't use me. Doesn't He realize what I've done? Actually, He does. He knows exactly what you've done. He knows exactly where you've been. But He wants to see a willing vessel. Someone that is usable. Someone, someone that's going to remain faithful in the good times and the bad. No matter what God says or where He sends you, you're going to be obedient. We see as we go down through the scale on our piano, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, to make that perfect octave, that A note, we find ourselves back to the note A. Joseph answered the call. No matter how bad it got, no matter how bad it was, he answered the call. Exactly what God had for him, he was there. He was ready because through it all, he remained obedient. He remained faithful. So even a few years into prison, he thinking, what is going on? What is God? What? The call comes. Joseph, we need you. Pharaoh, he's, he's got some questions. There it is. This is what God's been waiting for. And he was able to answer the call because he remained faithful. He, because of his faithfulness and obedience, advances an entire nation. Saves an entire people group that would have died starvation because God had a plan for him. Can you think about, can you imagine with me for just a moment, all the people that if you quit today, if you give up today, all the people that are going to die without ever knowing that Savior, Jesus Christ. No matter how difficult it is right now, God wants you to remain faithful because someone out there needs the God that you serve. Someone that can be helped as a result of your obedience and faithfulness to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then finally, and there's verses to go along with it, answers the call, Genesis 41, verse 14, advances 
a nation. Genesis 46, 1 through 5. And then finally, we see additional blessings come. Genesis 48, verse 9. When Jacob or Israel is beginning or he's getting ready to pass on, to pass away, he blesses his children. But we find that Joseph receives a little extra. And both of his sons are rewarded for his faithfulness. Your faithfulness, your obedience to God is not just going to affect you, but it's going to affect those around you. You must remember, just as we talked a moment ago, the decisions that we make, whether good or bad, they are going to affect everyone around you. People are watching. People at work want to see you during the good times and the bad times. They want to see how you're going to react when this person calls you. They're watching. They're watching us as Christians, children of God. Are we, like Joseph, going to remain faithful and obedient no matter the cost? So that when the time comes, I can, you can answer the call. Let's pray.